What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, May 13th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside Forbes 30 Under 30, a.k.a. the second best baby blues in San Francisco, a.k.a. the verified one at Tim Gettys. Let Tim host. It feels good to be back with you, Greg. Our first games daily in, in months. And that's the thing. I It was a YouTube comment, right, wasn't it? Was it a Reddit comment? Somebody pointed out that you and I hadn't done the show. It, it, it was a show you did or I did, and it was oh, another show that isn't Greg and Tim. And I was like, listen here, you stupid fuckface. And I went to the calendar <laughs> oh, to, look at, to look at the run, and I was like, oh, man, motherfucker, we haven't hosted this show together. In Turns a out time. fuckface was right. He was a smart fuckface after all this fucking coward over there pushing pencils. <laughs> yeah, no, he turned it. So this is for you, smart fuckface. There you go. You made this it. happen. Because, yeah, excited. Gary dropping out of course you know what i mean he's all oh i gotta do a whole bunch of writing and i also have a very popular animal crossing talk show that danny trejo is on now elijah wood is on now congratulations we're real excited for we're you. so proud of you gary it's such wow. a cool idea to see our successful friends keep doing successful things and really great ideas take off and be supported in a time when we all need more good stuff oh Gary, you know, he's as bad as smart fuck face over there yeah pissing me off left and right tim but i'll tell you what tim you you picked a hell of a day to team up with me, all right? Because, ladies and gentlemen, there's not even time to bullshit around. Apparently, uh, PS5 is going to drive PCs. Uh, the PS5 isn't delayed. Unreal Engine 5 is coming very soon. There's just too much mo- news, ladies and gentlemen, but we're going to get into it all on probably a long episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily because that's what we do each and every weekday. Uh, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. Uh if you like that, you should be part of the show, patreon.com slash games. You can give us your questions, comments, concerns, your squad up requests, and everything under the video game sun. Of course, on patreon.com slash games, you can get the show ad-free along with the post-show we do each and every weekday. However, if you have no bucks to toss our way, it's no big deal. You can go to twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. Uh, you can watch us live right there. And if you're watching live, you have a special job. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up. And plus, remember, Remember, if you're watching on Twitch or maybe you're listening to the podcast version afterwards, uh, if you have Amazon Prime, you have Twitch Prime. It gives you a free Twitch sub to give away each and every 30 days. They don't remind you. It doesn't auto-renew. So if you've ever done it and thought it was happening in the background, it wasn't. We would love it if you gave it to Kind of Funny Games. A great way to support without actually having to fork over more cash. However, if none of that works for you, you can get the show. YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Roosterteeth.com. And podcast services around the globe each and every weekday uh some housekeeping before we get into a rock block of giant news stories first off thank you all so much uh we did it we won the gamers versus cancer american cancer society tournament that the american cancer society was hosting of course i represented the university of missouri my alma mater we were able to beat ucla in the finals that means that yes they are giving mizzou a trophy (laughs) that i won them that they have to display or i will burn mizzou to the ground greg miller Uh, once again beating cancer i know right you'll love to see it you love now you got a trophy for it. you didn't get a trophy last time i know yeah nothing last time i just got my life back but this time yeah. i get to put something in mizzou that they can't get rid of until they need the space for something else and i'm very excited about that but thank you all so much you came out and supported you helped fundraise you went out there and donated your money your time uh, i love and appreciate each and every one of you thanks for taking care of a, an organization that means so much to me and of course a school that means so much to me uh tomorrow speaking of things that mean a lot to me sucker punch has a state of play for ghost of tsushima uh, remember that is at 1 p.m pacific time we will be live reacting to it on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games and then our live reactions will post to youtube.com slash kind of funny games after i was gonna go ahead tim is is this the first time sony's used state of play for a single game focus thing because there was they launched state of play 
Yeah. And we got a couple of them. And then yeah, we got no. the Death Stranding trailer kind of like it had its own thing, but it wasn't a state of play. Yeah. Remember? Uh, the only one I don't want to turn. No, it, this is. I was going to say the only one. I was going to look up the thing because if you remember, uh, we had a long conversation recently on PS I Love You about is State of Play Dead? Was that just a 2019 thing? No, uh, though I was going to check the Last of Us one. Remember, they promoted the Last of Us and showed Last of Us and did the trailer and uh, drop for it uh, that announced the first release date. But that also had other stuff in it. So, yeah, this is. To, I'm looking back here. State of Play in March, obviously, was the, March 25th, 2019. Uh, Iron Man VR, No Man's Sky VR, Concrete Genie, and more. Uh, State of Play no- May 9th was Predator Hunting Grounds, Medieval's release date, Final Fantasy VII trailer. Uh, State of Play September 25th was Last of Us uh, release date, uh, release date uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Glimpse at more uh, Death Stranding stuff. And then, yeah, they had the one in December uh, that... Three. Sorry? The Resident Evil 3 one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That wasn't just about Resident Evil Three. So no, this cool. is the first state of play they're using, and it's 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 very fascinating to see it back because again, yeah. it was a conversation on PS. I love you. Of like, wait, they framed the original state of play when you read about it as a 2019 initiative. What does that mean for 2020? Did COVID and the pandemic and everything else screw that up and how they're going to use it? So to see them come out now, very Nintendo Direct like, right? And be like, all right, it's cool. exciting to me. Yeah, you know, because I, I I've said this a million times, but you know, Nintendo Direct took many iterations to be able to find its groove to become the the success and fun thing that it is. And I feel yeah. like state of play is like has been working through those growing pains and taking this type of stance is I think a, a good move. And it's just like, I want state of play to be able to be more than just the thing that it was before. hundred percent. Uh, one thing I want to say here too, while we're talking about uh, doing the state of play live reactions tomorrow, 1 PM Pacific time, twitch.tv slash kind of funny games is a lot of people were hitting me up last night into this morning of, are you guys going to do a reaction to the uh, Summer Games Fest announcement today? Which obviously we're going to talk about here in a second in the news. And the answer was, yes, of course we did. I would, I, it's hard to say you can't paint with a completely broad brush, Tim. But for the most part, if there's something that's being teased of, we're doing a big announcement of something tomorrow that's video games related, we're going to live react to it, right? We're, we're going to gonna feel it out to the best of our abilities of if we think it's valuable for us to react to it, if it makes sense. Because I think there's going to be a lot of things that are more interview focused that don't really make sense mm-hmm. for us to, to live react to because sure. that's just us talking over other people talking in, in a way that there, there's not visuals being shown. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so we'll see. But yeah, I mean... Definitely stay tuned to the Summer Game Fest schedule. And um, if it makes sense for Kind of Funny to cover it, we will be covering it live on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games and youtube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Uh, thank you to our Patreon producers, Mohammed Mohammed, Momo, Blackjack, and the Predator, Al Tribesman. Uh, remember, of course, Al Tribesman uh, came and played Predator with us uh, during one of our sponsored Predator Hunting Ground streams. That's up on youtube.com slash Kind of Funny Games right now. Today, we're brought to you by Hims, but I'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for some news. Six items on the Roper Report. A baker's dozen. And I'll tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen, pour a cup of coffee, pack a lunch, because you're going to be here a while. This is a jam-packed Roper Report. Number one spans a whole bunch of different stuff. So as I already mentioned, uh, Epic... Uh, today hat was the game, summer games fest with keely announcement right announcing unreal engine 5 having a very beautiful demo uh we're going to talk about that but we live reacted to that that is up right now you could go watch our whole live reactions to it so we'll summarize that however since then two different reports have come out here uh one from the verge one from ign and i wanted to read and lead with that tim because it's like talking that. about how powerful the PS5 is. Uh, I'm going to read from the first one here from Nick Stat at The Verge. Uh, Epic CEO Tim Sweeney says the PS5 is so impressive, it's, quote, 
going to help drive future PCs. Epic CEO Tim Sweeney says next generation gaming consoles, in particular Sony's PlayStation 5, will bring about changes in game development that go far beyond a jump in graphics quality. During a press briefing for the company's newly announced Unreal Engine 5, which is optimized to work with next-gen consoles, Sweeney says the PS5 is a, quote, remarkably balanced device. It has an immense amount of GPU power, but also a um, but also multi-order bandwidth increase in storage management. That's going to be absolutely critical, he says. It's one thing to render everything that can fit in memory, he adds, but a much more impressive feat to render a world that, quote, might be tens of gigabytes tens of gigabytes in size, almost instantaneously. As Sony's new console and its M.2 solid-state driver promising. Quote, we've been working super close with Sony for quite a long time on storage, he says. The storage architecture on the PlayStation 5 is far ahead of anything you can buy on... I'm I'm double-checking my quote here. The storage architecture on the PS5 is far ahead of anything you can buy on anything on PC for any amount of money right now. It's going to help drive future PCs. The the PC market is going to see this thing ship and say, oh, wow, SSDs are going to need to catch up with this, end quote. Wow, Tim Sweeney, you Sony fanboy. Swinging fucking hard. And he's got more with Matt Kim coming up, but I'll get there in a second. Uh, The new drive, which Sony claims is faster than any on-market device available right now, won't just make load times almost non-existent, but will also enable developers to access the data their games are composed of with unprecedented speed. The result is larger game worlds loading much faster than ever before, which could result in drastic changes on how developers approach everything, from balancing visual quality and and performance to level design. Sweeney isn't saying you can't get a compatible M.2 drive. And am I saying that right, Tim? Kevin? M.2? Yeah, okay. M.2 drive for your PC. Even now, if you want to shell out for it. Rather, he's saying the custom drive Sony created and the way it interacts with the overall PS5 data management system makes it faster and more impressive from a development standpoint than anything a consumer could readily buy today, especially considering PC developers aren't yet building games that take advantage of such speeds. That may change in the future when both new consoles arrive and, as Sweeney predicts, inspire significant upgrades to PC component design and PC-specific game development. Sweeney isn't taking Sony's word for it either. He and the engineers at Epic are using the consoles themselves. Sweeney says the two companies have been working closely together uh, during the development of Unreal Engine 5 and the PS5, ensuring that Epic's game development tool sets for developers creating next-gen titles is optimized for the hardware that software will ultimately run on. The UE5 demo uh, released this morning was even running on an early PS5 console, and Epic captured the quite remarkable footage straight from the device itself. As for Microsoft's Xbox Series X, Sweeney isn't saying the new Xbox won't be able to achieve something similar. Both are using custom SSDs that promise blazing speeds. But he says Epic's strong relationship with Sony means the company is working more closely with the PlayStation creator than it does with Microsoft on this specific area. Regardless, words of such strong encouragement from Sweeney, who's been in the industry for decades and has seen every jump, both iterative and groundbreaking, seems to suggest the new consoles will offer benefits most consumers and developers will have to experience to realize. That's a lot to take in, Tim, but it's all fucking making me hard as a rock. Totally, man. There's a lot of exciting stuff here. Um, I, I think it's very interesting that they did show it on the PlayStation 5 and not the, the Xbox Series X. We've seen sure. so much more of the Series X so far, um, and or at least heard so much more about it. And um, it's, to me, very exciting to see something running on a PlayStation 5, even if it's not a Sony-specific thing, and not that this is unique to PlayStation 5, obviously. Sure. Unreal 5 is going to be available. Everywhere 
everywhere. Um, some some interesting things about this though is this demo was originally supposed to be shown off at GDC, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, another thing that came from the the news after um, we tuned out, but during the interview they were saying that like it was going to be a playable demo at GDC, like that what we okay. saw is playable, and that people we would have been able to play it like that is the 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 craziest thing about anything we saw today is that it, that's a fact, right? Yeah, I think that him talking so much about how him. Oh, not just him, but Epic and Sony have um, <laughs> just been, me, been, been working together. Um, I think that this, you know, you more than anybody know the PlayStation 3 and the cell processor, all that stuff of like how difficult that was to create games for the system. I love that this sounds like Sony's even more doubling down on making sure that Unreal, which yeah, is yeah. one of the most important engines to be able to run uh, efficiently on your, your system, is going to be optimized with the PS5 in mind. It's the engine in mind right like yeah all of that adds up to to very 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 exciting stuff that you know i i went back and watched the unreal 4 reveal um trailer thing that came out in like 2012 uh and it's 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 beautiful obviously and in some ways like yeah games haven't hit that but in so many other ways it's like i'm so impressed when i play games often now where like i'm still wowed playing ps4 games xbox one x games like they're just so mind-blowingly beautiful where it's like how is this a video game like, how is this playable and a lot of it does remind me of what i saw in the unreal engine 4 sure. thing so i feel like that's kind of what's exciting me about this this uh new thing we just saw today oh, sure. where it's like sure games might not look exactly like that immediately or even in five years exactly but i think they're going to be equally interesting and mind-blowing in different ways well it's also that idea yeah you know it, well hold on I want to talk about that demo. Let me get there. I want to add in just a few more cool. comments that Sweeney made that Matt came at IGN reported. Uh, then I want to talk about the demo we saw and what exactly the Unreal News was in case we're your first taste of this today. Back to Matt Kim, though, right? Uh, he, I, I think it might have been the same call. It might have been a different. They might have had him in different roundtables. doesn't matter. More Sweeney quotes that Matt got. I think, first of all, Sony has a massive, massive increase in graphics performance compared to previous generations. But, you know, I guess we get that every generation, Sweeney joked. But Sony's made another breakthrough that in many ways is more fundamental, which is a multi-order magnitude increase in storage bandwidth and reduction in storage latency. The PS5 puts a vast amount of flash memory very, very close to the processor, so much that it really fundamentally changes the trade-offs that games can make and stream in. And that's absolutely critical to this kind of demo. This is not just a whole lot of polygons and memory. It's also a lot of polygons being loaded every frame as you walk around through the environment. And this sort of detail you don't see you don't see in the world would absolutely not be possible at any scale without these breakthroughs that Sony's made. Uh, then Matt, Matt writes, uh, Sweeney says this Sony's storage architecture is far ahead of quote, the best SSD solution you can buy on a PC today. And so it's really exciting to be seeing the console market push forward the high-end PC market in this way, end quote. So now, if you missed all this uh, as part of uh, Summer Game Fest, the, the Jeff Keighley product, a uh, Jeff Keighley joint, uh, and then just on all the channels, they put out, they announced uh, Unreal uh, Engine 5 and then put out this demo. I'm going to read from the press release here. I'm going to stumble because they use a lot of crazy PC words that I don't understand. Epic Games today announced a first look at Unreal Engine 5. One of Epic's goals in this next generation is to achieve photorealism on par with movie CG and real life, and put it within practical reach of development teams of all sizes through highly productive tools and content libraries. The reveal was introduced with Lumen in the Land of Nanite, 
a real-time demo running live on PlayStation 5 to showcase Unreal Engine technologies that will free creators to reach the highest level of real-time rendering detail in the next generation of games and beyond. Beyond. The demo previews two of the new core technologies that will debut in Unreal Engine 5. Nanite virtualized micro-polygon geometry frees artists to create as much geometric detail as the eye can see. Nanite virtualized geometry means that film quality source art comprising hundreds of millions or billions of polygons can be imported directly into Unreal Engine. Anything from ZBrush sculpts to photogram photogrammetry uh, scans to CAD data, uh, and it works. Just and it just works. Nanite geometry is streamed and scaled in real time, so there are no more polygon count budgets, polygon memory budgets, or draw count budgets. There is no need to bake details into normal maps or manually author LODs, and there is no loss in quality. Lumen is a fully dynamic global illumination solution that immediately reacts to the scene and light changes. The system renders diffuse the system renders diffuse interreflection with infinite bounces and indirect specular reflections uh, in huge detailed environments at scales ranging from kilometers to millimeters. Artists and designers can create more dynamic scenes using Lumen. For example, changing the sun angle for time of day, turning on a flashlight, or blowing a hole in the ceiling and indirect lighting will adapt accordingly. Lumen erases the need to wait for light map, light, to wait for light map bakes to finish and author light map UVs. A huge time savings when an artist can move a light inside Unreal Editor and lighting looks the same as when the game is run on console. Numerous teams and technologies have come together to enable this leap in quality. To build, to build large scenes with nanite, geom, ge, ge, nanite geometry, it's not ge, ge, maybe this geometry, technology, Epic's team uh, made heavy use of Quixel, uh, Quixel Megascans Quixel. library. Quixel Megascans library, which provide it's like I'm trying to send somebody back to the fifth dimension, uh, which provide or somebody trying to send me to the fifth dimension, uh, which pro <laughs> provides film quality objects up to hundreds of millions of polygons uh, to support vastly larger and more detailed scenes than previous generations. PlayStation Five provides a dramatic increase in storage bandwidth. The demo also showcases existing engine systems such as Chaos Physics and Destruction, Niagara VFX, uh, Convolution Reverb, and Ambisonics Rendering. So, so the Convolution Reverb is a really cool thing where it sounds and it's trying to make sure that the sound is the sound sounds correct in terms of whatever area it's in so with the echo and where the yeah. where sound would bounce off so it really feels more immersive of of where you're at and like that yeah. that's the type of thing where it's like the what they showed off in the the demo here that was really impressive was the audio matched the visuals and that's really what makes these things feel real it's like you know that when we're pushing the boundaries of breaking through that uncanny valley of um environments not just like character faces and stuff like that is the thing that like that tricks you is when you have the sound and visuals adding up to a thing that you can't differentiate from real life right and uh what what this uh convolution reverb in the sense that they're talking about it here there's like unlimited amounts of bounces that the sound can have throughout these caverns or throughout hallways or throughout any, whatever it is yeah and like that is super interesting it's it, a lot of this reminds me of the uh, the Mark Cerny thing, but this to me is how you should have shown that off. I was going like, to say, you say go that, but it. again, they showed it. And it was that oh. thing again, Lumen in the Land of Nanite. If you just go to uh, Unreal Engine's uh, YouTube page, you can find it. It's embedded everywhere in a million different places. Like I said, kind of funny, uh, .com has the reaction up. 
but there's a Vimeo link that you can go to that has the, the full 4K. 4K. Vimeo yeah. is the best way you can find the quality. It's better than YouTube and all that. And it is, it's mind-blowing. Like, it's, yeah. it's breathtaking it, to see and hear as well. And to your point, right, like, the Cerny stuff I'm watching I know is important. I know I see developers getting excited about it. It's Most of it's Greek to me, right? I understand. Okay, it loads faster, does this. It's great. This thing, if they would have just put out the press release, it would have been like, uh-huh, okay, cool, yeah, a photogrammetry, got it, okay, you know, but I don't know what any of that means. Watching that demo and see, having them zoom in on pebbles, right, come out, having them blow open the ceiling at parts and the light come through, having it do what you're talking about where they're like, oh, and it also works for audio and like a rock tumbles over way over down the cavern to the right and you hear it like, dum, 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 you know what I mean? Like, that's the kind of shit that works when you want to talk about show, don't tell. And you yeah. want to explain why this is a big deal. And you do want to, you know, really come in and I would say torpedo the argument that you've heard so much of, of like, well, how much better can graphics be next gen? Like, what are we actually talking about? What is it going to look like? And to the point we've been making on all these different things of, especially coming out of that Xbox uh, uh, teaser last week with third parties, right? Where everybody's like, these games don't look that much next gen. It's important to point out everything they're talking about here. Unreal, Unreal Engine 5 will be available in preview in early 2021 and in full release in late 2021, supporting next-gen consoles, current-gen consoles, PC, Mac, iOS, and Android. Epic is designing for forward compatibility so developers can get started with next-gen development now in UE4 and move projects to UE5 when ready. So again, it's, it's that idea that this isn't this is next gen where we're talking about years from now like you yeah, know what I mean? I mean, that's, that's what next gen is right oh, like, I, i'm not saying yeah, no, I, no, yeah, no. exactly but i think that that's kind of the thing that's exciting about this it's like there's no way we just out the gate are going to have these like spectacle games that's just not how this works but i i am interested that this is partnering and kind of revealed so much with with playstation 5 like, like for all intents and purposes and if i remember correctly this is the first time we've seen a game running on playstation 5 like we've seen like the godfall trailer and stuff like mm-hmm. that but like this is like first time we've seen like real just gameplay of playstation it's 5. definitely the longest straight through gameplay we've seen on playstation 5 yeah i don't know i don't even know what other examples there would be but um what what i find interesting about that is you know unreal is just the, a lot of games are played on both um xbox and uh playstation using unreal engine 4 currently but when we're, we're talking about like the first party titles like I'm not, I don't know too much about this stuff but like you know the decima engine obviously with death yeah. stranding and horizon last of us doesn't use unreal their own their own thing and so it's like that's interesting to me that it's like these this is what like third-party potential games can yes. look like you know it's and like, that's, that's the thing really about exciting. it where we get to bring the xbox uh, event from last week back into this conversation i always talk about when we want to talk about spider-man or you want to talk about something from naughty dog or you want to talk about how good ghost looks I always, especially Spider-Man, I remember sitting there talking about, this is what happens when you let a developer focus on one platform. They get to build an exclusive, which obviously exclusives are good or bad, depending on if you have the machine or care about it. But this is what holds third-party stuff back, is third-party stuff does have to sit there. And how do we make it run on everything? What do we do? How do we figure this out? Like You have to balance all these different things. And Epic's whole goal, both with Unreal and then all of their different policies they've been rolling on, which there's still more to talk about, has been to democratize that and get it everywhere and try to get you to have these experiences as good as possible no matter where you're playing and i think this is the next step to you look at that game in a mat sure it's running on a playstation 5 but that can also run on a pc and an xbox and look that good and so you start having these questions and conversations of if you're using unreal 5 you're using the specific tools in the right ways or whatever are you going to start getting games that 
look as good as an exclusive game, right? That like that you know when because I you look at that and you run around, and you're like, oh man, look at all the rocks and all. And I know how stupid that sounds, but you're a video game player. You fucking know what I mean. You're looking at all the rocks that are happening in this uh, demo they've shown, and it's like, wow, that looks so great in the clarity. And it's like, well, I've seen I've seen similar things in Uncharted, but then it's that question, that thing of like, sure, you've seen them in Uncharted. When I play Assassin's Creed Odyssey, a game I fucking adore and think is beautiful. How many times is Cassandra just standing on an invisible thing that's not there? You know what I mean? How many times do I run over a flat texture of grass or whatever? Because guess what? This is the open world and they're not going to spend that kind of resource right out here to make it matter. They need You have these set pieces you need to make matter. I, I do want to reiterate something because uh, a lot of people in chat uh, are saying, like, is it gameplay or scripted action being rendered live? That This was a tech demo disguised as a game. They said the Unreal Tech demo like was going to be playable at GDC, and they said that for this one, this was a PlayStation Five being like playing it through, via an HDMI port. Like this, this was a game. Like this was gameplay. Like yeah. that's that's the like a, a huge takeaway from this is that was not just a tech demo like we've seen previously for like when they did the Unreal Four reveal. Like that was a tech demo. This was a game. Yeah, it's not a game that's going to come out, and it, sure. it is a tech demo, but it's a gameplay that is that is playable. Like that is so crazy impressive to me. And like, what what are, Greg Miller? Do you think just as a quick quick aside? I'm throwing you off your track. I'm sorry. Do you think this could end up being a game? Because I think everybody watched this stage was like, holy fuck, I'd play that. Totally, but I also think that it was designed to show off all the things that they needed yeah. it to, to show off. And if this ended up being a game, I think it'd be radically different than this. Sure. Um, also, like, who would be making this game? Epic? I kind of doubt it. I don't think that they're going to be making it, like that type of game ever hey, going man, forward. Just drop a million thousand dollars or whatever the hell and somebody you got money coming in left and right over there. Tim Sweeney, you don't care. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing is I don't know. It, it, It'd be ridiculous if they were to actually do that. I'd be stoked about it, but it's just like that doesn't make a lot of business sense. Like they'll have other people prove the value of Unreal Engine 5, right? Making the games that they're already of course, planning of course. to make. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, something that I'm really interested in is what this means for the timeline of things of what could have been. Like it's almost an exercise uh, that doesn't even need to be done because here we are talking about next gen, talking about like the the re- reveals and rollouts, and everyone has their opinions one way or another. Oh, is Sony being too quiet? Oh, they're definitely being too quiet. What the fuck, Sony? When are you saying things? It's kind of fun to look back now and be like, wow, they were gonna do that Mark Cerny GDC talk, boring as fuck as it was, and very poorly presented as it still is to this day. They were gonna do that at GDC. They were also gonna have this at GDC. There was also gonna be PlayStation Fives playable at GDC, right? So you start adding that up and it's just like, huh, the PlayStation 5 was going to actually have a lot more shit shown and talked about sure. back when the Wired articles were coming out and all that around GDC. Yeah. And all the Corona stuff obviously shifted all those plans. But I wonder where things would have fell otherwise and where, of course, now they're going to fall now that this is all kind of like still rolling out and all out there. Um, and the other side of that is I actually think this is really exciting that it's coming out now. Like I think it's very cool that – kind of funny he's excited about unreal engine 5 right? <laughs> like, i feel like that's something that we like you said earlier if this was just a blog post we wouldn't care we wouldn't we read through and like okay it, it would kind of fall down to what at the end of the day even watching the video breaks down to which is cool that's a lot of words i don't understand but what i do understand is it's going to make the things i like better exactly. like, that's really all you need to know but watching this it's like fuck this is next gen like this is very exciting for third parties but really this just gets me more excited than i've been previously about playstation 5 because we've seen jason schreier saying like oh everyone i'm talking to saying ps5 really does have like some secret sauce to it and it's just like that 
I want to see this and the secret sauce and the PlayStation 5 applied to the next God of War, the next Horizon, the next Naughty Dog game. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I want to bring in Midnight Owl here. Midnight Owl wrote into patreon.com slash kind of funny games, just like you can to be part of the show and says, hey, guys, uh, the announcement uh, from today's showcase was Unreal 5. Personally, I'm excited about this as a lot of my favorite games are developed using the Unreal Engine and always had me thinking, when will the new engine come out? I would like your opinion on a few things. Number one, as with all tech demos, should we temper our expectations? I still remember seeing the demo for Unreal 4 uh, that was first announced, and I would need to go back and watch it, but I still don't think games have reached that level. So this is something we touched on, Tim. You just went back and watched the the Unreal 4 uh, demo. Do you think, did we get there eventually? I mean, like, like I said earlier, it's I, I think for all intents and purposes, we did. Like, I yeah. don't think that it in every way, but I, I think that when you start to look at games and where Unreal Engine 4 can be in so many ways, yes. I think that uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake is a good example where that game is utterly gorgeous. It has a lot of texture problems. Yeah, so no, it's you like, look at the horizon, it's flat as hell. <laughs> and in a lot of different ways, it's like, it did work. <sighs> but in a lot of others, it's like, oh, but it didn't do this, this, and this that it said. But it did so many other things that was, weren't talked about in the original demo, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, it's beautiful. And it's like, that's, to me, I think the the exciting bit about this is I look at what they showed today and I don't think that that is an example of exactly what we're going to get. But this isn't a Killzone 2 situation. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. Should we temper our expectations? Of course you should, because I think what a lot of people will walk away from that is, is that's next gen. That was That's what next gen is going to look like. And then at launch, when maybe only Halo Infinite and whatever Sony's first party stuff is, looks a little bit like that. Everybody's going to be all like ready to shit all over a Valhalla, right? Which was 30 frames per second yesterday. Everybody flipped the fuck out. Like, this is a long game. This is, you know, we're talking about a generation cycle, so, right? You're talking about seven, eight years with this console or these consoles. You're going to be seeing this pay off when everybody has this and understands Unreal and keeps going. Like, as you, as with every console, as we get ready for The Last of Us Part Two, it's those games that are in the final breaths of the console that actually look the most amazing. I mean, I, I actually feel like you shouldn't temper your expectations. You should just set them correctly. Like, you should set them across a roadmap. Like, I think that we should expect this. And we're going to get things similar to this. And I think we're going to, sooner than the end of the console, like, we're acting like The Last of Us 2 is the only pretty game on the PlayStation 4. Sure, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's just like, there's so many games that are just, look at God of War. That was years yeah. ago at this point. Yeah. That game is gorgeous. Yeah. So it's like. I mean, Horizon I, before that. No, I'm, I'm with you that there's exactly. obviously beautiful games out there. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, cool. And those are not using Unreal. But. Uh, I don't know what God of War does, but I don't think it's unreal. Um, but my, my point is, I think that they are setting expectations here that I totally expect them to hit what they're saying. All the tech that they're talking about, the use of sound, the use of the photogrammetry, the use of all that shit, that's going to happen. And it's going to make games look fantastic. Will it look exactly like that? Absolutely not. Don't expect that. Number two from Midnight Owl was this. How do you guys feel about Sony cutting a deal with Epic for this? Tim Sweeney seems very eager to talk about how great the PS5 is and how this couldn't have happened without the breakthroughs PlayStation has made uh, before having to state that all the work is shown uh, before having to state that all shown will work on next gen consoles. Uh, it does make Sony look good in the moment, but as soon as Unreal 5 uh, is really as soon as an Unreal 5 game is released on Xbox or a splash screen with the Unreal 5 is shown on Xbox trailer, it just seems pointless. I, I mean 
pointless to who? <laughs> like, I feel like it's it's pointless to fanboys, sure, but sure. like to a gamer, no, it's not pointless. This is good news. Like, I mean, this is the exact. This is the same kind of way that you know Assassin's Creed cuts a trailer or cuts the trailer with the Xbox logos at the front of the back because they have a deal with Microsoft. Yeah, like it's like okay, cool. You can play the game in different varying ways, and I think that what I'm excited about is there's a potential next generation that I'll be swayed more one way or another, where it's not like oh, I'm going to play on the Xbox One X because it's more powerful. Like, I hope that there is something where it's like, oh, well, the PlayStation allows me this, this, and this because of the SSD stuff that I'd rather play third-party games there, right? Like, I like that idea. And this, we're talking a lot about Sony, and I feel like, to me, so much of that is because we're talking specifically about uh, graphics and pushing the boundaries there. And uh, we're Sony guys when it comes down to first-party titles. We're big fans of those, and Xbox hasn't had as many first-party titles that are really pushing boundaries. Having said that, they have had some great examples. Gears 5 is probably the most beautiful game I've played this gen, like, period. That's on the Xbox One X, all that stuff. But, like, that game is ridiculously pretty. And I would say it's prettier than the God of Wars and the PlayStation games that I've played, even the exclusives, right? Yeah. No, and that's the thing is, yeah, I I, I think it – you know, is this weird that they cut this deal or doing this thing? Like, no, I think it makes sense. And, it, and Epic and PlayStation have worked closely for quite some time. So it makes sense to have uh, them working on PlayStation 5. And it, like you said, this starts to pull back the curtain on what the GDC reveal would have been and how much you would have known about a PlayStation a PlayStation 5, right? In terms of, yeah, this is our longest look at PlayStation 5 gameplay. You know what I mean? Not And if you count uh, Spider-Man running on a PlayStation 5 and not showing its load times and all that shit, arguments but i mean again most gameplay we've seen straight through and it's impressive we seen that by the way like publicly it wasn't it didn't somebody have a video of it leaked somewhere someone put up well, thing is, i think it leaked i don't think yeah, no, sony has not that, put out a thing saying here's what this looks like no that is not that has not happened um i want two more things from uh the epic press yeah the press release here other things just these are quick ones not about everything else that's happened with unreal 5 uh they've changed uh their revenue stuff here again uh starting today game developers can download and use unreal engine for free as always except now royalties are waived on the first one million dollars in gross revenue per title the new unreal engine license terms which are retroactive to january 1 2020 give game developers an unprecedented advantage and give game developers an unprecedented advantage over other engine license models. Uh, for more information, visit the FAQ. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. As usual, trying to get as many people you can to use your platform and give them more money. And again, what I was talking about earlier, Epic continues, I think, to be good guy Epic and pay it back. Of like, all right, cool. Fortnite just makes us money hand over fist. The engine's making us money hand over fist. Like, we don't need to nickel and dime you as much. Like, we'll get you to come here and use the service, which we're continue to uh, iterate on, make better, uh, try to make for everybody, right? We want you to use it and we're going to make it financially solvent and a no-brainer, I would think, to use this. Yeah. You know, the other a, thing that, you, it's a healthy industry is is good for everybody. And, I, you know, it's great to see this. Like Unreal Engine 4 has been so important to the games industry and to yeah. the high-quality AAA mm-hmm. titles that we're talking about. And, you know, when you look over at Epic, it's, it's interesting that they are still focused so heavily into this and to building a, a next generation of that engine and wanting to make sure that as many people are using it as possible, of course, to make money, but also because that results in a healthy industry that can continue to pump out the single-player AAA experiences that we all love so much mm-hmm. that you know are potentially not going to be around if these things weren't 
these tools weren't available for people to be able to uh, push forward experiences. Like, again, I don't know all the different engines that games use, but like Hellblade's a great example to me where it's like, that was an ambitious project that I'm shocked exists in the, the ways that it does, where it, it isn't Naughty Dog that made that game, right? Like it kind of came out of nowhere being this single player, like narrative experience. And I feel like that that is the type of game and it takes so much balls to to attempt to try that. But if you have the tools for the job, it only helps it. I think that we'll get more Hellblades from this. Hopefully. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? It's like that's what I was talking to Andy about on the reaction, right? And because when they showed in this demo uh this one statue and they're like there's 500 of those statues in here none of them have any loss of quality yada yada yada. and andy flipped for that because he was saying like you know you you spend so much time sculpting something and then have to make the low poly model or this thing or whatever like where it's in the background and it's supposed to replicate what it is but it's not eating as much gpu or whatever the fuck i don't even know power processing power and then if you can just throw all these down and do it once really fucking awesomely you get to move quicker you get to move faster you can get better looking games easier which is obviously what we all want uh, another thing they tossed out here that was important, uh, cross-platform changes. Uh, friends, matchmaking, lobby, achievements, leaderboards, and accounts. Epic built these services for Fortnite and launched them across several major platforms. PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo Switch, PC, Mac, iOS, and Android. Now, Epic Online Service... Oh, I'm sorry. Now, Epic Online Services are opened up to all developers for free in a simple multi-platform SDK. Developers can mix and match these services together with their own account services, platform accounts, or Epic Game accounts, which reach the world's largest social graph uh, with over 350 million players and their 2.2 billion friend connections across over half a billion devices. Fuck yeah. I mean, dude, that's awesome, right? Again, it's like, what is next gen? And I feel like today was the first time we've seen something that shows what it can look like and sound like. But I feel like everything we've been talking about is kind of, you know, the quality of life. And it is about what should my video game experience be? And it's all of this type of stuff, right? It is this ownership. It is smart delivery. It is all these things that are, that are great. And I honestly feel unbelievable if you were to go back in time 10 years ago and say, hey, in 2020, like games are going to be this, 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 and this. This is one of those things. And I feel like it's another tool necessary to better the industry and to oh, allow... Yeah. Um, you know, like more synergy between all these different companies, developers, publishers, and it incentivizes people to want to do the right thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And again, I think it's back to Epic, Epic taking their success and using it to benefit everybody. Because when they were like, we're Fortnite and we want to be cross play, right? And they kind of just made that happen. They willed it into existence because obviously the audience wanted it. So they were loud, but the audience always wants stuff and they're always loud about stuff. Uh, you know, where the fuck SOCOM 2 remastered? I digress. It was the idea, right? Of like, hey, we're here. We want this and we're big enough as a game and company and engine and we have the tools and we can make it all happen. Would Call of Duty be cross play if, if Fortnite wasn't? Exactly. The answer is no. No, nobody would have pushed it forward that way um we're gonna move on to our next story but before then i just want to knock out the your wrongs here because they're not exactly your wrongs for the most part they're more like answering questions we asked during the thing number one final boss fight says angry greg voice gary was wrong when he roasted me when i said consoles are going to be faster than pcs here's proof because gary did make a big deal when uh, that was said on the show so you actually get the win there final boss fight gary Wooday will not cancel his twitch channel if you win um Prof D two seven seven said, "Oh, says 
Tim said that PlayStation first parties wouldn't really benefit from Unreal 5. One of PlayStation's first parties, uh, Sony Bend with Days Gone, is made as an, in Unreal 4. The Great. next game could be using Unreal 5, and the game would be even more gorgeous. Fantastic. Um, Tim Buddy says God of War on PS4 uses the Connecticut engine that, that was created in-house by Sony San Diego. Oh, shout out to Connecticut. <laughs> I know, right? And then Charles Jacobson says Hellblade is in Unchar- or, I'm sorry, Unreal uh, Engine 4. I love that they call it the Connecticut engine. That is like the coolest thing. Respect your roots. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, let's talk more about PlayStation uh, 5 and PlayStation Plus killing it. We're going to start with uh, Joe Screbbles at IGN. Uh, Sony has said PlayStation 5 remains on track for its holiday 2020 release, uh, and game development has seen no major issues due to the COVID-19 outbreak. As part of its financial results briefing, Sony Global reiterated that its new hardware is, quote, on track for launch this holiday season. A statement on the impact of the pandemic reads, quote, although factors such as employees working from home and restrictions on international travel have presented some challenges in regards to part of the testing process and the qualification of production lines, development is progressing, end quote. Uh, from that same call, uh, Matthew Handrahan uh, over at Games Industry, is in not call actually was, it was just a briefing, uh, has a more detailed look at numbers. In the year ended March 31st, 2020, Sony's Game and Network Services division earned $18.5 billion, down 14% year-on-year. The games division made an operating profit of $2.2 billion, down from, and he has it in yen, $311 billion the year before. So it was $238 billion, blah, blah. It's down. Uh, Sony attributed this decline uh, to both failing... falling hardware sales and a lack of first-party releases on the level of God of War and Spider-Man. Sales of the PlayStation 4 dropped to 1.5 million units in the fourth quarter, down from 2.6 million in Q4 2019. Sony sold 13.6 million units of the PlayStation 4 during the fiscal year overall, down from 17.8 million. Here's the here's the big number, though. The PlayStation 4 has now sold more than 110 million units overall. Then, in terms of the whole quarantine and everything else that's going on, the key area of the game's business that showed improvement was PlayStation Plus, which saw a boost in subscribers. The service now has 41.5 million subs, up 36.4 million a year ago. Big jump, Tim. Uh, 5.1. The decline in video games has contributed to the company's performance overall, with both revenue and profit falling. Uh, In the year ended March... In the year ended March, uh, revenue fell by 5% and profit tumbled 36%. Not shocking, as they already say, the fact that, number one, you're gearing up for PlayStation 5. Number two, the lack of giant first-party stuff. But the jump in PlayStation Plus, that's very nice. And then 110 million units overall. Nothing to shake man. Making it now the number four highest-selling console of all time. I mean, I guess it already hit that last time we heard numbers. But still, it's like, I mean, it's creeping up on number three, Game Boy and Game Boy Color at 118 million. I uh, don't know if the, the PS4 is going to hit that anytime Let's do soon. Do a price drop, and with but the that's price the thing. Depending on the strategy going forward that Sony employs with the PS5 and whatever backwards compatibility, smart delivery, whatever, like that type of stuff. If they're still incentivizing people to buy a cheaper PS4 over time, yeah, like we could see not PS2 numbers, but like a PS2 type of sell rate, you know, past its its totally. prime life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number three, in the same vein as this, as we're talking about pandemic stuff, uh, stuff. Phil Spencer says 2021 games are more likely to feel the pandemic. This is Matt Olson or Matthew Olson over at US Gamer. Uh, transparency and proactive messaging have been common threads with the head of Xbox, Phil Spencer, for a while now, especially as Microsoft has geared up to launch the Series X and in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic. 
In recent months, Spencer has been forthcoming on how the pandemic may impact software more than hardware. And recently, he clarified that he thinks games planned for 2021 and beyond beyond are beginning are being slowed more. In a Business Insider interview from last week, Spencer explains uh, that games in the final stages of development have certain vital assets locked down uh, that those planning to release about a year or more from now may not. Quote, through the summer, early fall, I feel pretty good about those games, says Spencer. Games that we're targeting a year from now or beyond, beyond, uh, there'll be some more impact, uh, or there'll be, there'll be some impact, uh, but they'll be able to react. As for particular game devs, uh, as for particular game dev tasks that can't or aren't yet being handled via remote working solutions, Spencer points to motion capture and large audio work. The former has, quote, basically stopped, he says. Likewise, projects yet to record something like a symphonic score will probably need to wait until recording studios can reopen. Xbox is not alone in seeing issues for games several months or over a year from launch. It seems Nintendo is likely to quiet delay... It seems Nintendo is li- is also likely to quietly delay some future Switch titles. Quote, it really, it's really in those type of games uh, that we're trying to finally get all their asset base together in terms of art production uh, that they might have the biggest impact. Spencer concludes. Uh, the final boss fight, Tim, writes into patreon.com slash games and says, Dear Grim, that's our, that's our couple name. A uh, long time, first time, especially for you guys on KFGD. In a recent article uh, on IGN, uh, Matt Perslow, Xbox, uh, Xbox, uh, he, especially, he especially touches upon specific challenges uh, that these studios face with aspects like mocap and orchestral audio recording. Do you think 2021 will be a dry year for video games based on this? Do you think there will be a rise in indie studios and indie games that don't need these advanced capture techniques? Will annual iterations like Madden and FIFA release the same version with minor feature updates, or will they skip a year? We'd love to know your thoughts on the trickle-down effects of this situation over the next few years. After all, will it make sense to pick up an Xbox Series X or a PlayStation 5 if there is going to be a dearth of games for a while? As always, keep doing what you guys do, the final boss fight. Yeah, man, this is going to suck. There's going to be a lot of effects that we're going to feel for a very long time. And I'm I'm not entirely sure. And I don't think anyone's entirely sure yeah. when that's going to change or if it ever will. Like I think that fundamentally the way that entertainment and content is created is never going to be the same. And we're seeing all of this, the ramifications of this already with, with movies where, you know, games, we're in a weird place right now with games because we don't know next gen. So that means we don't really know the 2021 games we have this year pretty much down, but we just don't even know the titles coming out. Whereas with movies, we have dates, we have uh, names and titles and, and plans for the next couple of years. And we're already seeing all of this year's movies get pushed to next year, but the movies that were going to come out next year or the year after that, that should be being made now matrix John wick. Yeah. We'll see when those actually are able to be to be made when they get pushed to and all of that stuff and like that right now even though we're we're having this weird hit it's only going to get worse in the next couple years as the the fruits of the labor that is necessary to be going on right now isn't happening yeah yeah you figured you were the bet the easiest way to describe this is a bottleneck is that yeah for video games what he's talking about with orchestral scores with mocap with anything that's going on where you need that actual big studio collaboration right coming back from that it's not like you go right back to work on those projects because there were people who already had the dates beyond you booked 
So now it's like, when do you fit in the stuff you had to, you pushed? When do you reschedule that? How do you fit it into this thing? What about the fact that if, let's say Troy's your your voice actor mocap guy, he was already booked on your project, but he was also booked on this. He was 50% through uh, your project. And now when he comes back, he's booked on this. Like, it's going to be such a clusterfuck bottleneck of how do you, with the limited resources at your disposal and places to go do these. And that's the other thing too, is like, if you are in these industries, there's usually the distinct, this is where you do that kind of thing. This is where you record it. Like, you know, Ubisoft uh, in Toronto has a giant soundstage they built for mocap and stuff like that. Like, how do you do that when, to your point, Tim, it's, you're trying to catch up on what you missed during the pandemic, but then also you're supposed to be doing stuff you were already supposed to be doing. Like, it's going to domino. And I do think that next year is going to be, I think, I think next year and 2022 will be very, not, it's, I'm not saying there'll be no games. It's, it, I just think that like we've been spoiled for like what the past, I would say three to five years with like banger after banger after banger. Even when it's like, oh, this year wasn't as good. Like last year was like, oh, last year there wasn't something that really spoke to me like really loudly, like a God of War or Spider-Man or something. There were still fucking awesome games every week, every month, right? Yeah. And so it is this thing of where will this net out in terms of, Triple A's are going to, you know, throw the money around and make it happen to make it happen and keep their financial results up. But a double A, where does that go? And then, yeah, to your point, uh, do indies really step up? And suddenly is this their time to shine once again? Because, I mean, that's obviously how it was at the start of this generation that they were filling in gaps while we were getting up to speed. But, yeah, if you're not relying on that, if you are able to just make your game at home, what happens? And then on top of that, what happens with all the games that are games of service where you already invested? Yeah, and that's that's a really big point. Upcoming ones like Avengers, like we'll Ooh, see. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I feel like the real winners are going to be the big AAA guys that come up with creative solutions that don't need to go back to the old way of doing things and and find um, workarounds and, and ways around. You know, kind of in a lot of ways, we're going to take hits, and good enough is going to have to be good enough. It's not mm-hmm. going to be exactly mm-hmm. the same. But I think a good example of talking about the um, orchestral side of things and like soundtracks, which are so key to these giant experiences. Like Greg, here's a here's a question. Like, what's the what's the best video game soundtrack this year? Probably Persona Five Royal. It's Final Fantasy VII remake is the only oh, okay. answer. Um, and the thing about that is, there's very little actual orchestration in that. Like, so much of that is was created digitally, but it sounds so good. It sounds really, so yeah. Oh man, so, I love that. I love that soundtrack. I would have sworn. Like, I would have sworn it was. Yeah. Some of it is there, but there's only like a handful of of songs. So much of it is um i'm blanking on the words right now but it's just like it's it's programming it's like you know there's you're able to do that with with samples and um i I feel like they're we that's good enough right it's more than good enough like a lot of people wouldn't even be able to tell the difference like technology has just grown so much that that that's the case what does that mean for mocap i don't know like people will have to come up with with new solutions for that um in terms of the indie thing i i don't think it's going to be a rise of the indies i think that indies it's not like, oh man, there's not AAA games, so now indie games are the video games. I think that indies have kind of just built their own track and they've continued to kick ass on that track for oh, sure. But the I think it's just if there's, five if, years. there's if there's less AAA stuff grabbing spotlight, it's easier to talk about those and get clicks and get people to read your article on IGN about this independent game review. That's true. I, I think that that's more true in theory than in execution sure. like i don't i don't think that the people that would be clicking on the triple a stuff on ign i think they'll just stop going sure. To sure 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 fair 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 
Uh, number four on the Roper Report. Fortnite is a PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X launch game. This is Eddie over at GameSpot. Uh, the P- PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X have added another launch title. Epic Games has confirmed that its free-to-play Battle Royale game Fortnite will release at launch for both next-gen consoles. Epic did not provide any details on how Fortnite will benefit from the increased horsepower of the PS5 and Xbox Series X. However, the company did announce that it will migrate uh, Fortnite on PS5 and Xbox Series X to the Unreal Engine 5 in the middle of 2021. Epic CEO Tim Sweeney said this move will open up new possibilities for the game. Quote, it puts a vast amount of additional power in the hands of all the creators who build build Fortnite, uh, both within Epic and the 100 million or so outside of Epic, uh, Sweeney said during the Summer Game Fest stream. It's going to be very interesting to see what this enables uh, the game to go, where this enables the game to go in the future. I think that we have now, I think what we have now is a very, very small fraction of what the game will be in the future. In a blog post, Epic confirmed that Fortnite will support cross-progression uh, with the next-gen systems, so your account, items, and progress will carry over to the PS5 and Xbox Series X. The company also reiterated that Fortnite will continue to support cross-play between all platforms, including the next-gen consoles. I love it. I love yep. everything about that. I love them talking about it transferring over to Unreal 5. That's cool. But more than that, it's like, great. This is something that I want to see. This is where video games should be. And like looking back at the transition last gen, like no way, that wasn't the case. Like simple things like cross save, like cross progression going into like across a a console for even like the same game. Like that is such just a nice thing that should just exist and doesn't. So to know that Fortnite, yeah, it's a this gen game, but it's also a next gen game. It's going to be there and you're going to have all your stuff. It's like, thank God, that's great. And you'd expect nothing less from Epic, but yeah, nice to see them come out and say it, right? Big day for them. You know, like that's that's the thing is like set that standard so that people have it. So I mean, like I I can't remember the example, but I remember earlier, like when we first started kind of funny, there was some game that you were upset about that the new version of it, the new console version, didn't match up with your PS3 stuff. Okay. I don't remember what it was, but I'm thinking I'm trying to think what that would be. But it's like that's a thing of the past at this point, right? right? But it's like, so what what's gonna happen to Destiny? What's your thoughts on Destiny 2? When's that it, come to PS5 and Xbox One X series? Uh, they've confirmed it is. When? I think it'll be launch. I think you're a fool not to have it at launch. Because, I mean, that's the whole point of those, cool. those games, right? Of, like, you want to be ready to go. Hold on, let's see. Oh, no, this is questions about something else. Sorry. <laughs> I, I was looking at you wrong to see if they could tell you the game you're thinking of. Uh, yeah, no. I mean, if you're, you're going to get your fucking head kicked in if you're a popular game as service and you aren't going to be hey all your shit carries over here because that's such a bonehead dumb move that doesn't make any sense i mean because yeah if dc universe online could do it ps3 to ps4 you can do it whatever you are now ps4 to ps5 xbox one to xbox series x uh number five on the roper report animal crossing is the best selling switch game ever in Japan, ever. Uh, this is James Bachelor, GamesIndustry.biz. Uh, Animal Crossing: New Horizons ju- has just sold. Shot. Let me try this again. I'm starting to fall apart at the end of the show. Let me. I'm going to increase the size too. Maybe it's my eyes are old. Get the Kevin, I got up. those old eyes. Um, Greg, make Animal it smaller. Crossing. Make it smaller so your make eyes get small. stronger. You know what I mean? Eat some well, carrots that's like too. Weights, right? I got to do like reps. So I got to like zoom in, zoom out, zoom in, zoom out. Animal Crossing: New Horizons has sold just shy of 3.9 million copies in its home market of Japan. 
That makes it the best-selling game of all time on Nintendo Switch, passing previous record holder Super Smash Bros. Ultimate and its lifetime sales of $3.7 million. That's according to Famitsu's monthly sales uh, data provided to GamesIndustry.biz, which shows Animal Crossing was Japan's best-selling game in April, with 1.29 million copies sold. It fended off several new releases, including Final Fantasy VII Remake, which sold 839,000 copies. Unsurprisingly, Nintendo was the biggest selling publisher uh, for the fifth consecutive month, shifting 1.6 million games and generating uh, $86.4 million. Uh, That means Animal Crossing accounts for four out of every five games the platform holder sold. It's worth noting the Pokemon company is counted separately in Japan, selling 68,207 games in April. Combine that with Nintendo, and more than 2 million first-party Switch games were sold in April. Tim. Look at that. They're just, they don't even need you anymore. You know what I mean? I just cut and run on you. They got animal crossing. They don't even, they're not going to put out anything else this year because they're That's just going to keep eating it. Yeah. Do you see the, Jeff Grubb put out the, his like little like Jeff Grubb predictions of his summer game fest, whatever? <laughs> I haven't you know seen what I'm the Jeff about? Grubb presents Jeff Grubb's Sorry, summer game fest. Sorry, hold on. I'm going to pull this up. I want to pull this up. Give me yeah. one secundo. Can I just, I'm going to shout out number six then because it's a super short one. Okay. Final story on the Roper Report. Uh, Square won't do a showcase this year. Instead, they're going to do smaller events for their games. This is Bloomberg's uh, Takashi Mochizuki. Uh, Square Enix said it won't hold online. This is his Twitter. Won't hold online event to unveil uh, this fiscal FY, so fiscal years, new releases around E3's timing because making assets ready for such show has become difficult due to COVID-19. Instead, it will announce new titles on an individual basis. So do not hold your breath there. Kev, I just sent assets a link to a tweet that I would like to bring up. Uh, on it, boss man. Thank you very much. Um, so Jeff Grubb from huh? VentureBeat. Um, he, he has a lot of friends. He has a lot of knowledge, a lot of insights. Here to the ground, these kids say. Exactly, exactly. Um, and recently he tweeted uh, on May 11th. God, this was only two days ago. I swear I saw this a year ago. <laughs> on May 11th, he said, welcome to Jeff Grubb's summer game mess to play on jeff Keeley's summer game uh-huh. i got it i got it so then he goes through and then <laughs> Kev, can you click on the one with the the comic sans so there's the amazing logo um but if you go over click that the next link boom he has his little schedule of what he's thinking is going down for summer game fest uh-huh. or his the summer game mess all right yeah and and so far some of this is cryptic some of it is confirmed but we got here, the inside Xbox, May 12th is the blank man. He then later followed up with the um, uh, follow-up that once Tony Hawk was announced, it was a bird man. He was leading people astray, thinking it was Batman. Uh, Tony Hawk, the bird yeah, man. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. That was, dumb. Um, that was a dumb thing to say. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's having fun. I appreciate it. I know. It. I'm fucking on there. Yeah. And then, uh, but June 2nd, Mel Gibson picture. Don't know what that means, but something's Passion happening. Passion of the June Christ. 2nd. The video game, you know? lethal weapon but then june 4th is the slate of playstation so uh-huh. that's kind of that's the big one that he's kind yeah, of and i've heard that rumor and i've seen that that we we did a thing on ps i love you this week where we read the push square article that was referencing that too and and he's i remember you're wrong a couple days ago i saw him reiterating he's like i'm doubling down on it like this is it's it's real um jeff grubb ear to the ground that's why we call him the grub 
You know the grub. I mean? He's always crawling grub around like the ground. Grub, grub. I like, I like that's, the ground. that's why we call him the grub, not because it's his last name. But um, <laughs> that's how he got his last name. He used to have a complete, He used to be, you know, Jeff Ramsey. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Uh, I want you to know. Clear the space. Reached in for you. Yeah. It was literally like P. Tear Griffin, fuck. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> but anyway, there's, there's some fun stuff here. Again, most stuff we know, Guerrilla Collective, we know very That's intimately. Us. That's us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, we got the – so June 10th, Xboxing Day. So we got to imagine that's the hardware of the Xbox um, reveal that they're doing there. Um, I got to be real. I forgot why I brought all this up. <laughs> we were having fun. Uh, we were talking about Animal there Crossing. That's why. Nintendo Direct all the way at the bottom at a September maybe. Are yeah. y'all motherfuckers telling me that we're not getting a Nintendo Direct until September? They told you that. They were like, "Hey man, what the fuck they tell me that?" They said they were they weren't going to do their E3 stuff. They're you know they're they're gonna. They didn't say that. Someone else reported that. that. Someone else no, reported that, that, that they're not going to do a direct in June. Okay, the, June. What about July? What about August? You know what I mean? July, you got to get out of the way of Iron Man VR. That's <sighs> right, Greg. I guess you're right. You're, you're, you're making a lot of months long. You dumb dumb. Yeah. Tim. I'm sorry you won't be getting a Nintendo Direct until September. I'm also sorry that I need you to read the upcoming list. But I'm also sorry. Before then, I want to tell you about our sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen, of course, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Hims. What can I say about 4 uh, Of course, they've supported Kind of Funny for a long, 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 long time. And, of course, Nick and Andy use 4 for their hair loss. Uh, they noticed their hair was thinning. They went to 4 They got connected with a real doctor online without having to go to a waiting room or wait in a, a prescription line. Uh, the doctor talked to them. Uh, took looked at pictures of their hair, uh, talked to them about their problems, and he prescribed uh, generic equivalents to well-known prescription drugs. So, number one, it was cheaper. Uh, number two, they didn't have to go anywhere. And number three, it was super easy. And they started using them. You've heard – I don't even have to tell you. Nick steals Andy's gummies. Andy gets really mad about it. You've heard that story before. But more importantly, they worked, and they both said how great their hair looked. We agree their hair looks great, and they have their hair. That's how you know it's working because if, if, if 4 wasn't working, they wouldn't have hair. And that would be a problem. Of course, 66% of men start to lose their hair by the age 35. And once you start to notice thinning hair, it can be too late. Uh, Forhims.com, of course, is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skincare, sexual wellness, and more for men. Of course, that's always important, right? They talk about all the time. Uh, you know, there's some conversations that are easier to happen online than having to go to the doctor, wait in the waiting room, talk to the nurse, get into the thing. That's what they're driving at here. Hair loss, skincare, and sexual wellness. Uh, Hims is helping uh, guys be the best version of themselves with licensed physician and FDA-approved products to help treat hair loss these aren't snake oil pills or gas station counter supplements these are solutions backed by science that work for tim and andy so connect with real doctors online right now our listeners can get started with their first month for free go to forhims.com slash games daily that's forhims.com slash games daily prescription requires an online consultation with a physician who will determine if a prescription is appropriate the offer is valid only if prescribed uh it's a three-month minimum subscription additional restrictions apply see the website for full details and safety information remember that's forhims.com slash games daily that sneeze tried to ruin the uh, ad yeah. i wasn't gonna let it you saw me fight no, through it you I know did what i mean fight through it. a lesser host would have succumbed to it but not mm-hmm. me i'll mm-hmm. bottle it all up and just explode on the wall one day yeah. tim if i wanted to know what games came out today where would i go the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games daily show host. Yeah. Yeah.
out today. Super Mega Baseball 3 is on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Potata, Fairy Flower is on PS4 and Xbox One. Thy Sword is on Xbox One. Island Saver is on PlayStation 4, Switch, and PC. She Sees Red, an interactive movie, is on Switch. Replicated is on PC. Green Project is on PC. Then a game wasn't listed on my list that I stole from Kotaku, as I always do, but the one and only... Emmett Watkins Jr. tweeted me and said, I forgot to write in for KFGD this morning uh, before work, but Greg, I just want to tell you that Deep Rock Deep Rock Galactic, made by at Join Deep Rock, is, a, is worth a look. It's Left 4 Dead meets Minecraft, and it releases on PC and Xbox today. It's one of my favorite co-op shooters I've ever played. That's a good pitch, Emmett, and I thank you for writing in. I will check this out. A fun thing I want to add, Greg. This is definitely not an out today or a new date. It is just a, you can pre-order today. You can go to amazon.com and get your pre-order for the Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 Collector's Edition. Did you do this? Um, did I what? Did you do it? Yeah, of course. Of course. It comes like a deck, doesn't it? I saw you, yeah. I saw you tweet about it. Yeah, it comes the day. And like yeah, the, can you bring up Twitter so we can see it? It was uh, available for pre-order yesterday on GameStop, but uh, when it was first put up, the prices were gouged for some reason, and I was like, I'm not going to fucking do that. Then they fixed it, and then there was like shipping costs were insane. I'm like, I'm not. I'm waiting for Amazon. It's officially up on Amazon, so you can actually get it there. Um, but yeah, this is the first collector's edition of a game I've I've bought since the Halo 2 Steelbook. Normally, when I get games, I'm like, I just want the game. I don't need the stupid-ass bullshit coming with it. I slacked it. But I need this stupid-ass bullshit for I sure. I read Tim's tweet reads, I haven't bought a fancy collector's edition of a game since Halo 2, and it's beautiful steel case. But there is no way I miss out on this. And there it is. Look at it. Are you kidding me? You get Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1A2 full game, the digital deluxe edition content, the limited edition full-size birdhouse skateboard deck. I love it, man. Also, look at that box art. Like, did I make that logo? Did I create those beautiful I mean, colors together you might have willed into existence like every other one of your games <laughs> is, you make happen this is insane like what the fuck Greg here's the other thing that I want to say. I didn't really get a chance to talk much about Tony Hawk not enough I can tell you that okay sure. this game I was thinking about it and like people have been talking so who's making this Vicarious Visions what did they do recently they remade Crash Bandicoot 1 through 3 oh what is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater known for Skateboard characters. Fuck. Back when Neversoft also made Spider-Man, they put Spider-Man in Tony Hawk. I Guess who's coming to Tony Hawk, baby? Crash. Yeah. The coot. It's not official. Take it to the bank. It's it's Tim's year lifetime of dreams. So there you go. It's gonna happen. I'm gonna play as Crash Bandicoot skating in the warehouse. Let's go, baby. This is what we're talking about with keep your expectations in check. Uh, also out today, <laughs> it's the start of this Last of Us Part Two documentary series on YouTube uh, through uh, Naughty Dog and PlayStation. Right now, uh, they're they're it's a four parter. They put out today, May 13th. Inside the story, it's about five minutes. I watched part of it and I was like, oh no, you're starting to start to talk about stuff I don't want to know about. I'm out of here. And then May 20th is inside the gameplay. May 27th is inside the details. June 3rd is inside the world. So again, if you want more Last of Us right now, go for it. Uh, new dates for you. Uh, the, that Mafia trilogy uh, thing we've been talking about forever through leaked whatever finally is officially teased by 2K. It's called Mafia Trilogy. There's a May 19th announcement for it. Uh, what a cluster fight is coming to Steam on May 25th. Uh, the next big update for PUBG hits PC uh, servers on May 20th with console and Stadia live servers dropping May 26th. Legend of Keepers has a new update on Steam on May 18th. And then Magical Clay Boosted Island Adventure Scully launches August, sorry, August 4th on PC and consoles. 
deals of the day for you. No Breaks Games and Curve Digital are hosting a special 24-hour, 60% off charity sale of Human Fall Flat, which expires uh, tomorrow, Thursday, May 14th, to help raise money for NHS charities. Together, I'm sorry, let me try that again because there's multiple. To help raise money for NHS charities uh, together, Spanish Red Cross, Medical Institutions Support Fund, Lithuania, and the World Health Organization's COVID-19 Response Fund. 100% of all the revenue raised from Human Fall Flat sales on Steam, minus the store platform fees, will be donated to all four charities equally in the ongoing uh, worldwide fight against COVID-19. Awesome. If you don't have, and we love Human Fall Flat, by the way. Uh, they Super fun. They did it. Yeah, they did a sponsorship with a long time ago because they liked us and we liked them. And the game's great and you should do it. You should support a great cause. Mm-hmm. Tim. Mm-hmm. It's time to squad up. This is where one of you writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games telling me, hey, I want people to come play games with me. And I read your name, your username, your platform of choice, and all the rest. And you all go play games together and have a good time. Uh, Nobody wrote in for a new one. So instead, I'm telling you that guess what? Apex Season 5 has dropped. And Kind of Funny Zone, Andy Cortez will be streaming it tonight. Twitch.tv slash Andy Cortez, 6.30 p.m. Pacific time. Go watch Andy probably play until 2 in the morning. And then he will watch office episodes till 5 30 in the morning then he will be like, and then do that thing you know what i mean i like andy a lot i do too uh, it's time for your wrong let's see what we messed up you're of course you watching live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games go to kind of funny.com slash your wrong and tell us what we mess up as we mess it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com and podcast services around the globe um I gotta. I don't know what that's all about. That's not a you're wrong. Eh, that's not a you're wrong. Eh. Oh, did I? Ignacio Rojas says during the ad read, Greg suggested that Tim is losing his hair. Tim's hair is full and beautiful. Did I say you instead of Nick? You did. You said Tim and, Tim and Andy are using it. And but I, like, I said Nick at some point in there, right? Then you did. Yeah. Okay. So and people know. All right. People yeah, try. Yeah, yeah. You put Nick next to you, they're gonna be like, oh, the old man. You know, mm-hmm. they know I'm talking about him. That's good. I think sense, like I said, Andy's young. Basically, how can I insult Nick but not the sponsor? Nick sucks. That's it. Got it. Don't it's a good way. It. Fantastic. Got you nailed, nailed it. Nailed it. Um, all right. That's the show. We got a post show to do. Patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Of that course. That's a great uh, show. Greg. It was. And you knew it would be with all that mm-hmm. news. Uh, Thursday, that's tomorrow. It's going to be Blessing and Tim. Friday, it's going to be me and Blessing. Remember, uh, this is kind of funny. Uh, games Daily. Uh, we love you. Uh, we appreciate you. Go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games. You can get the post show we're about to do. You can get the show ad free. If you got no bucks, start so away. You can watch on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games, youtube.com slash kind of funny games, podcast services around the globe. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. <laughs>